welcome to the 174th episode of the Crack Die podcast. Woohoo! Hooray! Oh boy, let's see what the hell's happening here now. Only four to six hundred. The episode with the door. With the door is. A door to the east. Sadly, not the north. I mean, there is a door to the north in the hallway. Do y'all want to find out what those other doors are for? Let's go. Let's find out. <laughs> Did you guys ever wonder, like, I mean, we're looking at the map of this orientation, but we're calling that east? Like, what if it's, like, southwest? Like, I mean, how do we know? I mean, I don't know if it has a cardinal rose. Well, I mean, we could just throw out all logic and reason and just assume it's a different direction, but then it's hard to communicate with people, so. Hey, welcome to Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my God. Hey guys, what if time isn't real? Time isn't real, but let's not get into it. I mean, you can call a cat an elephant. It all it does is make it hard <laughs> to communicate with other people, right? So let's just use the agree upon vernacular and then in your brain, you can just transfer it as you want. Boobies. Got it. Did you say boobies? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so what are we doing? <laughs> so I think it probably is a good idea to go back and check those five doors we walked past. Yeah, definitely. All right, which room are you all looking at first? Let's split up. Yeah, let's all each open a door all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, steady, go. Well, there's one door to the north. That seems like the best way to go to start, you know. Yeah. All right. So which way do you want to go with the one to the north or the four to the south? Well, I think for ease of completion, let's do the one to the north first. And then we can go through the ones to the south. I'd like to detect magic on the door before we open it. Okay. Let's see. You do sense there is magic on the other side of this door, but you don't know what it is. Okay. The door itself's not magical, but there's some mojo going on over the other side. Hmm. Okay. Can we hear anything? Do you listen to the door? Sure. Give me a perception check, please. Attribute. Perception. 36. Very nice. Okay. On the other side of the door, you hear what sounds like the simpering and mewling cries of a person. Sounds like they might be keeping someone. I don't know why, though. Are we suspecting prisoners here? Because if so, we should free them. Well, I mean, we are planning on going into this room, so... It's weird that there would be live prisoners here. The gugs that we've seen have been eating undead. Right, Sean? Am I remembering that right? That is correct. Yeah, it's been all like ghouls and ghasts and nastiness. Maybe you've got like a farm where they're keeping the ghouls and ghasts food over here and then they bring it to them and then they eat them. I don't know. Well, we can either sit and speculate or open the door and find out, right? Well, either way, we should expect someone on the other side. That's true. Twintown will check the door for tree apps. <laughs> All right. Give me a perception. Who knew traps had a diphthong in it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Tree apps. Tree apps. It's from Minnesota. I'm sorry. I thought I turned my camera off. How did you see my drip thong? <laughs> Let me see that. Nope. Nope. Not going there. It was just hanging out. <laughs> I got a whale tail going on. Anyway. That's like one of those, the 90s are coming back and like, we can leave that there. That doesn't need to come with it. <laughs> Matt. Yes. Before we get into even darker territory. Uh, <laughs> the diphthong? Where that diphthong goes. You don't see any traps. You don't find any traps as you're looking at the door. All right. Quintalan will open the door. All right. This damp room reeks of blood, sweat, and rot. 
While the floor is bare and smooth, and the 30-foot-high ceiling is plain and unadorned, the walls of the chamber look like bulging stone bubbles that have extruded out of the rectangular chamber's four corners, each of which is visible high above the protruding walls. These four hemispherical stone surfaces bear strange ripples, as if they were once molten but have since hardened. A single six-inch diameter circular window opens halfway up each of the dome, not quite 15 feet above the ground, to reveal that these stone bubbles are hollow within. So would I be able to see that person in the northwest there? It doesn't feel like I should. You would not. I'm just putting in some more walls. All right, so you open the door. There's these four bubbles, and there's a single hole roughly 15 feet off the ground. Yes. Soup's weird. Okay. Where does the whining sound coming from? I'm confused. What are the bubbles? There's like four stone globes in the corners, like someone has bulged the corners of the room outward. The room is actually almost like a diamond shape. Oh. But you can see like the top corners of the room that are normal. But yeah, very weird. Like molten stone was made out of regular stone. It's coming from the northwest. Okay. And there's a hole 15 feet up? Yep. Almost as if like a gug walked in here, they'd be able to look through the hole without too much trouble. But any medium-sized creature is going to have a bad time. All right. Fontana will look back and kind of shrug, and then he will climb up to see if he can get to that hole in that northwestern bubble. Okay. As you climb up the wall a little bit, you kind of jump and hang and then do a little pull up and you can see into there. And you see, I'm just going to show it to you, Matt, because you're the only one looking right now. Okay. I feel like Brianna wouldn't have like jumped up, but she would have at least followed behind. That's fine. Again, you may actually have to boost him up to be able to see. So I'll step in. I'm happy to boost him up. I'm trailing right behind too. <laughs> That's what you see, Matt. Oh, beautiful. Right? And you see that it's kind of in the corner of that chamber and it's like whimpering and sniffling and crying and moaning and sipping. Please let it be cute. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you. <laughs> From town, I'll look down. It doesn't seem like it notices him, right? No, it's like in the fetal position in the back corner facing away. So Twin Town's going to hop down and be like, um... There's like a, gonna guess a ghoul in there crying? Matt, you would know it was a ghast, actually. A ghast. Okay, I am a ghast. I didn't realize that. <laughs> ah, I am a gug. I am a ghast. Is Marius in love at last? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, there's a, there's a ghast in there. It looks like it's, well, I'm gonna guess it's trapped probably by the gugs. But like, is there food? But how the fuck are they getting through these walls? There's got to be like a door or something. Well, there are the four that are on the other side of the hall. Could be. Can I search for any kind of opening, like a like secret door or like a lever or anything like that in the room? Sure. Give me a perception check. And while you're doing that, what would Soraya like to do? I'm going to step a little further into the room. This is a very small room. Does it sound like there are, like, is it just coming from, from this? I think this is the one Twin Challenge that he was looking at. Northwest. Okay. Are there sounds coming from the other ones or is it just that one? Just that one. Can I climb up as well? I have a climb speed if that makes a difference. I'll boost you up. Yeah. Are you climbing up the same one or a different one? No, I'm climbing up different ones to see if, like, that's the only one with something in it. Okay. 
Cool. Which one are you going to look in? I'll look in the northeast. All right. Give me a perception roll. Hayo, what would you like to do? I feel like Brianna is going through her mental lexicon of is this undead or not undead to figure out what a ghast is. And I'll roll a knowledge. Religion. Religion. <laughs> Which will inevitably fail. Heidi, what would you like to do? Who is also going into this room? Because she's curious about what the happenings are. And we're getting real tied up in here. And I want to take a look around and see what's up with this thing that's whimpering. Okay. You would need a perception check to find something or anything. Rob, what would you like to do? I'm going to go in the room. And once I'm in the room, I'm going to launch an eyeball. A prying eyeball. <laughs> Where would you be putting it? I'm going to put my eyeball in that slot. What'd you call me? The thing that, uh, you know, a uh, uh, 20, 20 ton toe was up looking at. 20 ton toe. All right, Matt, what did you get for a perception check? Oh, you don't know. I rolled it secretly. So I was looking for secret secrets. Yes, I know what you rolled. So as you search this room high and low, inside and out, you are 100% sure that there is no door, no lever, no secret entrances, anything. Christine, as you look into the northeastern chamber, you see remnants of devoured bones, dried bloodstains, and old excrement. Ew, delicious. Haya, you roll the religion check and you roll the natural one. Would you like to re-roll that with a hero point? Yeah, yeah. I feel like anytime I attempt a religion check, it just, it always fails for me. I don't know why. Anyway, let's try that again. Ah, the opposite end of the die. A 38 <laughs> for an at 20. Not only did you succeed at the knowledge, you doubled the DC with your result. So you know that this is a, oh no, there's typos. Oh no. I don't know which one is right. <laughs> so a ghast is a type of ghoul. Ghasts are feral, foul-smelling, and constantly hungry. They are the more powerful kin of ghouls. They are relentless in the pursuit of their prey. You know that many ghasts carry ghast fever, meaning that if someone gets bit by them, after about six days, the victim will die and then rise at midnight as a ghast. So... That's what you know. Ooh, you were looking in the, what is that, southeast corner? Sure. Okay. As you peek into that cell, you see that there are two bodies in there that look bloated and that they've been dead for a little bit. They are Dwergar and they are dead. And you can tell that just by looking. It doesn't help that like there's a giant bite taken out of each of their shoulders. They get hungry and they ate each other, I think. Not everything's a sex thing, oh. <laughs> Maybe they ate each other to death? They got chunks taken out of them. Hmm. But why is the, the one up there crying? So we have one ghast alone in the fetal position crying. We have two dead bodies with bite marks. Are the Gugs taking Durgar, letting the ghast kill them, and then taking them away to farm and eat them? Is that what this is? Like he's like the food source? Matt? Yes. I'm giving you a hero point. Oh, thank you. For correctly calling what this room was. 
As it is labeled in the map, the Ghastly Farm. Ghastly? Okay, I like it. <laughs> so how are they getting them in and out? Because these are just like solid stone walls, right? They are. However, Knife Sword, as you drop your prying eye in there... I see everything. <laughs> yes, you do. You notice that the walls with the way they look on this bubble, and because of your advanced knowledge of magic, there is some sort of spell that has been used to adjust this broom. Whether it's something like warp wood, but with stone or something like that. Like stone shape? Like stone shape might be a good spell. That's how these walls were definitely made though. Some sort of magic. Isn't that like a druid spell? Or it used to be. Does that mean that one of the gugs is a druid? Or they're being led by a druid? Oh, that's creepy. So apparently it's called a dead mouth, which is great. Oh, the picture, yeah. I can't get rid of it. Dead mouth. Or is dead mouth its name? Was it always dead mouth? Sometimes always dead mouth. Sometimes always dead mouth. Do we want to do anything? Because right now they're behind stone walls. Do we talk to it? Does it talk? You can certainly try, but they are really constantly hungry. These things, I think, is best to let it be put to rest, especially if they are creating a rather abominable food source for evil creatures. I go up to it. Hey! Hey, you with the face! And I hide behind Brianna. <laughs> I didn't say it! <laughs> like, the wall is 15 feet off the window. So she just yells up there, and then immediately comes back and hides behind Brianna. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at something for everyone real quick. Ah! The only person who understands what they're saying is Knife Sword. <laughs> oh boy, we're in trouble. I'm going to put in the chat what it says, and then I'm going to let Knife Sword translate. Does anybody understand what he said? I think he said Wusa. Hmm. Goose for Bob, that means get the fuck out of <laughs> Knife Sword is talking back in a weird language. Hey, what's he saying? Knife Sword. Want to share with the group? In common, please. Uh, just, uh, he's wondering uh, what's going on. That's all. And what are you telling him? Just saying, hey, how's it going? My name's Knife Sword. I want to roll a sense motive. <laughs> Something feels a little fishy about that response. He's like, you got any food? Knife Sword's like, I got four suckers out here. Which one are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> there's two birds. You can have the birds. Oh, boy. Bless y'all. Like speaking Huttese, it feels like they're speaking Huttese. It's a weird Huttese Klingon mix. Ah. So for the audience, do we want to translate? No. Okay. Cool. I'll be. I'll be back here. So yeah, he uh, he says he doesn't like being here, and uh, he's wondering if we got like a sandwich or something. He's a ghoul, knife sword. I don't think he wants a sandwich. Well, it depends on what kind of sandwich. I mean, he didn't specify. Pretty sure he wants the flesh of the living. Let me ask. Vin trickleoto budget pepperoni kotomodai. Ah, too That sounded ominous. What did he say? Yeah, what language are you guys speaking? Uh, it's one of the short ones. Yeah, I picked it up when I was in the heap. It's like a short human with like a lot of facial hair, real punchable noses. Dwarfin? Maybe. 
smelled of mud. Yaki. Uh Sinto ham. What is he saying? Oh. I'm saying I might have some ham. Would that be what you want? Ich Hey, Soraya, come here often. <laughs> Why are you asking me that now? I don't know. <laughs> um, so he says he wants living flesh. Um, I'm going to tell him, ask him if he's tried ham. He wants what flesh now? Living. Yeah, I don't think we should be uh, communicating further. Yeah, if he wants to eat living creatures, we should probably go. I'm going to ask him if he could be persuaded to go vegan. Should I just throw some bottled sunlight through the window? Do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! Out of character, aren't we so bad about attacking things that are like sniffling in the dark, but it's undead. It's a bad thing. And it's wanting to eat people, so. Irak, Avisa, Azevo, Sisa, Fossi. Oh, what do you say? He says he's a monster and he couldn't think of anything worse than not eating meat. How long has he been down there? Oh, uh, well, I can ask him. Let me see. Um, says he sounds like we have others with me. Are they gods as well? I'm assuming Night Sword told him he was a god. Gods? Why? Night Sword. <sighs> I told him, but of course. When someone asks if your friends are gods, you say yes. <laughs> Do they understand me? Brianna's trigger finger is getting very twitchy. So <laughs> Okay, so he said, Do they understand me? I'm going to say, I don't know. The one with many toes is kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I didn't say that to you guys. I said that to him. Yes. Yes, what? <laughs> what did he say? Um, sorry. He, he asked me if he'd better if he spoke common, so I said yes. Oh, so he can fucking speak common after all? Oh. <laughs> so he can understand us, he just won't speak our language. Mm. Yes, exactly. Ten seconds to start talking, or he will not have a tongue in his head to use. But in Dorvin, right before he starts speaking common, I'm just going to say, just keep what we said between us. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there any god out there that can free me? Free you how? Remove me from this chamber. I am but hungry. Yes, but unfortunately you're hungry for things we cannot uh, provide you. And you are no longer whatever you were prior to what you are now. Do you recall what you were? I have blocked out my past before this. I am shaking up a bottle of reagents. However, I have been here starved by these gugs. Mm, then, friend, unfortunately your existence is not meant to be. And this torture they are enlisting upon you is trying to say, like, what we're doing is a mercy. That's good. If you will not free me... You will sit here and starve. <laughs> but as the gugs will capture those hideous creatures that live down here as well. I will get small bites and will be able to live. So leave if you will not free me. If you will not be benevolent gods. God, what are you talking? And then she'll like put two and two together and just like stare at Knife Sword. <laughs> Soraya, if you please. And I'm gonna lob a bottled sunlight in there. All right, make an attack roll. It's going to be with some lip service to Phrasma about, you know, freeing this wretched one and allowing him to pass on. 33. That is a critical hit. 
Okay. Nice. I guess I'll draw a card. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, it would stun it for and do normal damage, but whatever. How much damage do you do? If I do the crit damage, it is 43 split between positive and fire. Dead. This creature is dead. Nice. Hooray. It's not coming back, right? I don't believe it can. All right. No, it is not a vampire. What about those other things? Those dead bodies that are back behind us? Are they coming back? Eventually. But at least we did free him, you know, from this mortal coil. This is true. Brianna will offer a small prayer to Serenre and another to Phrasma in her dear friend Serena's honor. Well, congratulations. You killed a helpless gas. <laughs> I don't know about helpless, but uh <laughs> we killed something that goes the two people here who are religious in any way, shape, or form are like, yeah, no, this can't stand. Uh I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, shall we go explore the four other doors on the other side of the hall? That's fair. Might as well, yes. Hopefully they will also have helpless baddies in them. <laughs> no. I don't like it when you put it that way. By the way, that was a level two creature. So uh that was overkill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also have mixed feelings, but like if there was a way to like revert them. Yeah, but they're already dead, so Could you resurrect him? I can't. It's the ritual. I mean, we have rituals of raise dead or resurrection for which one, maybe both. I was curious if you can do that to undead. Yes. So according to the book for this character specifically, I don't know if this is a universal rule, but if you were to open the little bubble, let him out, kill him and then resurrect him, it would work. Oh, let's fucking do that then. But I don't know if the characters would know that. Well, I guess we could make some rolls, right? Yeah, go ahead. We have religious types. We should have that in our brain troves. Yeah, you know what? I think Brianna would just know that because of her history. Okay, then should we roll it back then to prior to us coming out? Of the room? Yeah, you guys can be still be in the room. The problem is you can't really get through that wall. Yeah, even if we could resurrect him, which takes time, it's like hours, we'd need part of him, don't we? Yeah, we need the body, but it has to have died within the past year. It's not like we're on like a, oh shit, we have to do this now time frame. We have some resurrection stuff, don't we? Between all of our things. We have the ritual, but we need the body, I think. So we're going to have to figure out how to get through that stone. How much do you think he weighs? I could carry him. More than five pounds. Can I jump in the bag of holding and then put the bag of holding in and then I jump out? How would we get the bag of holding back? Does the bag of holding weigh less than five pounds? Wait, I got an idea. I could reverse the gravity, then make zero gravity, and then we can just grab him and pull him out. It's a small hole. Nightsword, can you dispel magic? Dispel, not so much. I have the transposition spell. Collective transposition. Well, okay, so if Knifesword's eye has been inside, we know how thick the walls are, right? Yes, and I actually have that written here somewhere. Yeah, so we could probably just Kool-Aid man our way through. Mm-hmm. Picturing Brianna or Ooh just, like, walking through the wall. I was going to say, leave that up to me. And <laughs> Ooh charges for the wall, and she smacks right into it. And then she <laughs> says, shit, I forgot to rage. <laughs> and so she rages, and then she runs for it. Why don't you use your hammer? I was going to say, or borrow my shield. <laughs> All right, give me an unarmed attack. Ooh. 30? Yeah, you hit the wall. Now roll damage. Critical damage, actually. Sorry. Well, shit. 34? Because of my martial Zora? You chip away at the wall, but it's still like no hole has shown up yet. 
but you did make some damage. You should use your adamantine battle axe. Oh, she's seeing stars. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Here's a swing and a miss. All right, everybody, stand back, stand back. Starts like pushing people away. Okay. (laughs) 44 to strike. That is a crit. 58 damage. (laughs) Hell yeah. There we go. If it's adamantine, it ignores a certain amount of hardness. Yes. So you see an oo-sized hole appear in the wall (laughs) and the body of dead mouth in the corner. I found him. (laughs) Good job. Dead mouth. I loved seeing him in concert. Oh, boy. (laughs) You should probably get into the one with the other two bodies so you can decapitate them, make sure they don't come back. Captain? No, wait, I'm the captain. All right, get out of my way. (laughs) Just give me a crit damage roll. 46. Another hole appears in the wall. I love it. We never did check the southwestern one, did we? Not yet. As you look at the bodies, you notice that they are Dwargar that are bloated and just like giant chunk taken out of their shoulder. Do I see anything on their person? Yes, actually. You see a mummified bat talisman on one of them. I quietly put that in my pocket. <laughs> Are you doing that stealthily? Kaka, you can't see me. Kaka, <laughs> A mummified bat talisman you can affix to a weapon. If you are a master in perception, the talisman is the magically treated corpse of a tiny bound in papyrus. When you activate the bat, the affixed weapon detects vibrations around you and guides your perception. You gain the benefits of the fighter blind fight class feat for one minute. If you have the blind fight feat, you gain imprecise echolocation with a range of 30 feet for one minute. This makes creatures that would be undetected by you because you can't see them hidden instead. Cool. I know someone who I might want to gift this to, but they don't have to know about it just yet. I won't tell them. (laughs) I feel like who's talking to the corpses when she says that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I know someone I'm going to give this to, but they don't know just yet. (laughs) Who are you in there? Are you okay? Mommy? Yes, I'm fine. Don't look over here. Okay, just decapitate the bodies. All right, all right. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I decapitate the bodies. They fall over. That's all we need, right? They just need to be decapitated. Then they're not going to come back like little vampires or sneaky, sneaky bits, are they? It would be hard for a gas to come back and eat people without a face. Okay. Take its toes just in case. All right, toes it is. No, do not take anything else. No. Knife sword, stop it. All I got is two words for you. Material components. <laughs> Are we going to try and resurrect? Yeah, who's got the resurrect spell? It's a ritual. Isn't it a scroll? Don't we have something? Don't we have a scroll for that? I thought we did. No, we found the ritual a couple times, I think, actually. And the ritual takes, I want to say, eight hours. One day. One day? Yeah. To be fair, though, a barbarian's not going to know the difference between a ritual and a spell. It depends <laughs> on their intelligence score. It's a long spell. I'm smart. I just don't know the difference. <laughs> don't judge me. All right. Well, either way, we should probably clear this level before we spend a day chanting over this body. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I just more concerned that, I don't know, they're going to come back and dispose of him or anyway. Do we have to resurrect him or can we just call a spirit? It depends on what you're trying to do. What are we trying to do with him? Just bring him back? Well, let's clear these southern rooms and then we can see what there is. I mean, they're not going to get past us while we're in this hallway. You're huge. All right, so Gentile's going to go out in the hallway. There are four doors, one kind of by itself to the west, three grouped together to the east. Essie's going to go up to the one on the western end of this hallway and listen at the door. 
All right, give me a perception check, please. So as you're listening to the door, you don't hear anything except the sound of wind. Like, you know when there's not a good seal between the like door and the like bottom and like wind blows through and you kind of can feel it? You hear that little like rustling of the door. That's what you're hearing. But what's curious is that the door is hot. Like, not uncomfortable, but like, you know when you're cooking and you walk by the stove and you like, oh, it's hot in that. That's what it kind of feels like. Okay, so Twin Talon will carefully open the door. Although no one seems to have used this hearth in this dusty kitchen for centuries, the air in here remains warm. The stone tables and pantry shelves are devoid of food, but are strewn with a collection of stone and metal utensils. Uh, help me. Oh, shit. Run away. Come here. I'll hold your hand. <laughs> hold me. This one's on. Can tell where that's coming from? It's kind of just echoing from everywhere. So Twin Talon's standing next to Brianna out in the hallway, and he's going to look at her and be like, I realize this is a trap, but I guess we should go see what it is. Well, it's it could be a trap. It could be somebody actually needing help, I suppose. Uh-huh. So Twin Talon will take a step forward into the room. As you step into this room, you see a stony lump up, kind of start showing up in the wall, and then a tentacle lances out at you. Oh, no. What the fuck? Where is the stony tentacle? On the wall, like, behind me? The wall directly in front of you, actually. To the wall to the south? Yes. Okay. So this room is roughly 15 feet by 35 feet. It's roughly rectangular with, like, a little piece cut out in the northeast. And I see there's a hearth in the southwest, because that's what you had said there was a hearth. Yep. But I don't see anything else in this room other than a lump with a tentacle. Ah, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Oh, boy. It's like a a mountain with teeth, and it's huge. (laughs) Three by three. And we're closing the door. Yep. (laughs) I mean, your description, Matt, is pretty on point. I mean, all the other pictures I find of it are essentially the same, but yeah, it's not pretty. Ooh. What is that? Ew. That's its whole body. (laughs) So it's it's like a rock with a mouth and some weird eyes that are offset. Wait, does it have eyes? That looks like Goosebumps cover art. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda. That's a great way to think about it, Christine. And there's a mouth in the center and then up right and down left of the mouth. You can see little dots, I'm guessing, are eyes. I don't know. I think so. They're like orangey kind of. Yeah, very weird. Hi-ho, I'm a creature. All right, let's roll some initiative. I love how you're like, hi-ho, I'm a creature. And like, I look at that and I think, I'm going to get you. I'm a terrible person. I want to say, hey, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Also accurate. That's what I hear when I see that. Wow, it's a 31 initiative modifier. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yikes. It just looks like it would slurp. Yeah. But it's made out of stone. All right, Twin Talon, you're up first with your 46. Yeah. I mean, it has a 31, but I've got a 27, so. <laughs> Rolls ain't bad. I get the feeling this thing is trying to murder us, I'm assuming. The tendril shot out at us. I mean, yeah. So Twin Talon's going to try to hit it. What I get, Sean? You got a 38, which is a hit. So assuming all of my damage goes through, it is 30 damage. Okay. 30 damage. And can you tell me if your weapons are made out of anything special for the first little bit? Sure. So I have a cold iron short sword, which is a piercing weapon. It also does sonic and electricity damage. A little bit of damage goes through. The sonic and electricity do not look like they all went through. 
Really? All right. Well, I'm going to put precise debilitations on it because I just hit it. And I'm going to try to hit it again. All right. I got to think this thing's AC is going to be all based on that it's a big rock versus like that it's mobile. That is a 32. That is a miss. All right. Then Twin Talon is going to use my last action for preparation. And they're not really a good place for Tesani to be. So she's going to back up a little bit. All right. It is the creature's turn. All right. So you see this weird tongue-like thing come out of its mouth and slam into the ground behind it. What? And that's its turn. Looks like it's anchoring itself. Yep. So now it's immobilized. There's a bunch of chains around it. Cool, 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 cool. What's next? Next up is Knife Sword. Oh, hello. Hi. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> we were all wrong. <laughs> Massive beast. Sounds like an idiot. I'm going to duplicate my foe. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to what? I'm going to duplicate my foe. Oh, my gosh. All right. It looks like there's space next to it. Yes, there is. Yeah, it looks like there's exactly enough space for another one of these creeps to be in. Yep, that's where I'm going to put it. Okay. It's not going to attempt a fortitude save, but I will put out another one. This one is not immobilized. Does it act on your turn or does it? I guess so. You give it one of your actions to give it two actions. Okay. When you sustain the spell, you can also command a minion as part of your action. But the GM determines whether or not it listens. All right. And it only has 70 hit points. So let's see. It loses hit points every action. It takes actions. So right now I'm just going to have it sit there for a second. Okay, that costs all three of your actions to do that. So uh, next, Soraya. I'm gonna recall knowledge on this thing. That's really cool. Give me an occultism roll. Let's do it. 38. 38 is enough to know two things. However, let me give you some basic info first. This is called a Grikatog. G-R-I-K-K-I-T-O-G. It is a neutral evil, huge, Earth aberration. Grixitogs, also known as Hungry Earth, are strange parasites from the plane of Earth that infest and possess earth, rock, and stone in order to feed their endless hunger. A young Grixitog is a formless apparition until it corrupts an Earth elemental host, forming the Grixitog's core. A Grixitog can then infest the Earth and stone nearby with its voracious essence, forming maws and eyes all around it. These creatures are particularly dangerous to small creatures that lair within gaps and holes among rocks, as well as mountain climbers searching for the perfect handholds. You can ask two questions, Christine. Weaknesses, resistances. It is not weak to anything. However, it is resistant to all damage by 10, except for adamantine. I will share that with the group. The only thing that is going to uh, actually be as effective as it can be is, is adamantine. So, ooh. I know you have your battle axe. Yeah, get him. And special attacks. Okay, so it has a three action manipulate ability called Implant Core. The Grixitog implants its core into an adjacent section of earth or stone, melding seamlessly and changing its visual appearance to match the surrounding rock. It is immobilized, but automatically succeeds at deception checks to impersonate the stone around it. Creatures actively searching for it can still attempt perception checks against its deception DC as normal. A Grixitog can release its implantation as a free action, 
which has the manipulate trait. Agrixic Tog's infestation aura and manifold vision are only active when implanted. Manifold vision. While its core is implanted, the Grixic Tog see through the eyes it creates throughout the area of its infestation aura, gaining the benefits of all around vision, meaning it can't be flanked. Infestation Aura is a 120 feet. While its core is implanted, a Grixictog infests all earth and stone within 120 feet. As long as there is a continuous physical connection between the earth, including stone objects touching the ground, this effect spreads even if the Grixictog does not have line of effect. Though it can affect earth or stone on the surface and exposed to the air only if at least part of its core is exposed as well. Within the Aura, it can grow maws and eyes anywhere it can make jaws attacks against any creature originating from any earth or stone in the aura adjacent to that creature. Determine cover from the origin point of the attack, not from the Grixictog's core. It also has a barbed maw. If it strikes with a bite attack, it can extend its barbed teeth, immobilizing the target unless it succeeds at a DC 34 reflex save. While immobilized, the victim takes 3d8 persistent bleed damage and the Grixictog feeds upon its flesh. The creature is immobilized until the Grixictog ends the effect as a free action or the target succeeds at a DC 38 escape. The Grixictog can immobilize any number of creatures with these maws. So I just love how you pronounced it correctly the first time and then pronounced it incorrectly every time after that. <laughs> On brand. That's the two words I have to say about that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so what it's doing right now is it's like implant thingy that'll allow it to attack us from anywhere and not be flanked and all that other stuff. Yes. Does it say it can't be flanked or does it just say that it has all around vision? All around vision. Oh. It's another one of these where they say a thing and it means another thing. This monster can see in all directions simultaneously and therefore cannot be flanked. Lame. So is there a way that we can force it to disengage? No. Okay, we can just try to attack it our best. Murder it. Murder it and it disengages. Okay, well, I have nothing that's adamantine, so let's see what I can do. Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, 10 is a lot, I know, but it's only 10, and you guys are doing more than that for the most part. It's 10 per energy type? Yeah, per type. So for Matt's attack, he did 17 piercing, so seven of that went through. He did one sonic, so none of that, and four electricity, so none of that. And the thing is, now that I can't do flanking against it, I don't know that I can hurt it. Should we leave it be? <laughs> well, I think it's in the floor now, so it's going to be up to not me. Yeah, and it's what, like 120 feet or whatever? Like, it can find us even if we close the door. Yeah, the aura is 120 feet, yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to try to kill it with fire, because that just... that. That'll work. That's always the best way to handle these things. Yeah, kill with fire. <laughs> 37 to hit it. That'll miss. What? What? What the fuck? Ugh. I said what I said. Man, I should have asked what its AC was. I'll try again, because why not? Oh, that's a crit miss, 24. Oh no. Okay. Would you like to hero point? Sure. That was also a really shitty roll, so. Oh, hell yeah. Not 20. <laughs> Which does count as a critical hit. Hey, it does count as a critical hit because it is not immune to crits. Triple damage, power surge. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, girlfriend. Yes. Oh, so you did 30. Plus six persistent, which it'll just reduce every time. And the splash won't affect it either, but still it takes 20 fire. It takes more than that because you did triple damage. So it's 3d8 plus two is your normal damage. So it was 10 plus two is 
12, plus 3 splash, plus 3 persistent. 6 persistent. But it's times 3, so that'd be 9 persistent. Which doesn't happen until its turn. Yeah, so I think it's 12, 36, minus 10 is 26. That worked! I am very happy that that hero point actually worked. Woohoo! That's the way you do it. Thank goodness. And that is my turn. Oh, and you natural 20 on a hero point, right? <gasps> Did you get it back? You get your hero point back. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> so you checked, you threw, you threw. That's it. That's my turn, yep. Next up is... Ooh! Me! Soraya, I love you, baby! And I'm gonna run into the room, and I'm gonna attack it with my battle axe. Boo. Yes. Boo. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> That's the point. 38. 38 is a hit exactly. Ooh. Oh, well, now y'all know. So 20 damage. So you found its AC, which means, Christine, you missed it by one on your first attack. Oh, man. I know. I saw. 22. Okay. So it's 5 plus 14 which is 19. The force damage is reduced, but then your Dread Marshal stance, so 21 points of damage. All right. Okay, I would like to react to murder, please. Yes! Yes! I don't know how effective it's going to be because reasons, but here we go. That is a miss. Twin Talon, get it together! Hero point? No? Uh, I'm good. I feel like I can't do a lot of damage to this creature anyway, so I don't want to waste hero points to do, like, four damage. Yeah, that's fair. I would like to strike again, please. Oh, fuck yes! 34, which is a miss. Make it easy hero point. No, thanks. I pass on my turn. All right, Brianna, it is your turn. Okay. Come on, girl, swing it! I feel like I should move to let folks in slash look better. Should I do that? I think everybody who wants to be next to it is next to it. Anybody who wants to stay away from it can't because it has a radius of 120 feet where it can punch them anyway. Okay. Well, then I will stay happily snuggled between my dear friends. <laughs> <laughs> that way I can provide cover if need be. Ooh, it's a Brianna sandwich. Ooh. <laughs> that could well be like, ooh, like I'm excited. And like, ooh, hey, it's a Brianna sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is true. I think I shall cast Fire Ray, because why not? I think uh, Christine had a good idea. Kill it with a fire, so uh, I'll follow your lead, Christine. If you don't have adamantine, fire usually works. Ugh, critical miss. I will use my hero point. And this time, actually, oh, I was targeting it. Le, 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 le. Okay, take two. Deck. Yep. Come on. Take two hero points, you said? I would love to have two hero points, but I just regular miss that time. It's better than a crit miss. And I will raise my shield as my last action. Ooh, look at you. All right. Shield is raised. All right. So we're back at the top of the initiative and it looks like it's Matt's turn. However, before we start the second round, I need you to also think about what you've done to that innocent gas that was in the corner. <laughs> just wanted a snack. You could have given it knife sword. I'm just saying. Oh, that would have been such a good idea. Curses. No, not my friend. We need a mascot still. I guess. Thank you for listening to the Crack Die Podcast. Please visit us at crackdiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. 
Additional background music was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please visit them at epidemicsound.com. The Cracked Eye podcast theme was composed by Angelo DiLoretto. He is forever missed. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in breathing life into this production. We do not know where we'd be without them. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs>